Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. All right, that Davis show, lucky enough to be joined by Elliot Serrano, Chicago's king of geeks. So I guess I'm one of his peasants, unfortunately. Right, so you, can, you can be on my, uh, you can be in my, uh, my, uh, my parliament, you know, okay. you can be part of the I'll parliament. Take, I'll take that. And also make sure that you get the, the, the Grumpy Cats Onibus box set that's coming out. All right. First of all, with that real quick, Elliot. It's it's all of the grumpy, grumpy cat uh, comic books that are going to be inside of this. Correct, this box set. This omnibus collects every grumpy cat story that was published uh, the year before last, which was like a first. These books are really hard to find. The original run of Grumpy Cat was went off like no one expected. Um, it was a top seller not only in comic shops and in bookstores, but on Scholastic of all things. Really? Can I tell you what a, what a buzz it gives you to see something that you've worked on selling next to Harry Potter and Captain Underpants? Okay. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's all the, all the grumpy cat stories my, by myself. Um, um, and a whole, a whole bunch of other writers. And um, it, it's it's a great big collection of the entire um, saga of Grumpy Cat, which hopefully will lead to more stories. Uh, but if you uh, were looking for them, I say the Grumpy Cat book in, in itself, um, even if you didn't really know the memes so much, uh, you know, um, they're still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a great series. It's a great uh a young reader series, a lot of stuff that I wrote, I wrote for all ages. Um, there's jokes that the kids can get jokes that grownups will get. And um, it's just a fun, it's like, let's say if grumpy cat was turned into a cartoon and then they decided to do a comic book adaptation of the cartoon, that's what the comic book is. And it's, okay. um, it's, it's really, it's a lot of fun. So I, I highly encourage folks to get out, go out and get it. Especially if you've been looking for the original comics and I go looking for the original comics on eBay and on Amazon, and man, are those prices through the roof. Um, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'm grabbing a bunch of omnibuses because I have lots of friends who go, Elliot, can you sign Grumpy Cat for me? Sign. I go, if you get it, I'll sign it for you. But if you know, if you need me to get it for you, you're going to have to wait a little while. Look, let me ask you this when it comes to Grumpy Cat, and you just said the type of vein the comedy is in, or at least the parts the boo that you are the lead writer on. So is this kind of like when we're talking about like today for the kids today, like Teen Titans Go, Animaniacs, and, and, and uh, stuff like that, where it's like you look at it like it's a cartoon for children, but the jokes, you kind of got to be old enough to get the reference of what the jokes necessarily are. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, because like there, there are a lot of the writers who were working on it were, were way into comic books and science fiction. So we did things like have Grumpy Cat be a superhero. Um, and one of mine, mine was like an homage to Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where Grumpy okay. Cat meets aliens from outer space who <laughs> essentially come down and judge us okay. based on what Grumpy Cat thinks. Which is, oh boy. <laughs> I also did one. I did uh, um, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but with Grumpy Cat. 
So if, so, you know, if you didn't get that, like, you know, like little kids go good to bad and the ugly. I don't where, what's that? The, you know, the adults would be like, oh, yeah, it's that Clint Eastwood movie. Yes, so, yes. So it was stuff like that. Yeah. So my look, my last question on that. What what was the impetus? Who came up with coming up with Grumpy Cat? Was this your idea? Uh, who who's 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 the first idea to come up with Grumpy? Man, Cat? I wish I could come up. I wish I could tr- take credit for that. Um, this was through uh, Dynamite Entertainment. That's the the publisher that I've done pretty much all my work through. Uh, my Army of Darkness run was with D- Dynamite Entertainment. Um, homies to Dynamite. Um, they approached me actually. Um, um, the, they approached me and asked if I'd be interested in writing for it because I'd done all this work for them. And you know, I'm, I, I like writing jokes. I mean, a lot of my stuff is very humor based. And they said, you know, we're doing a Grumpy Cat comic book, and would you be interested? And I even said, I thought to myself, I didn't say this to them. I thought to myself, I go, a comic book? Wait, the this is the the cat, right? With all the memes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love cats. And I thought the memes were great, uh-huh. but, I, but I'm going, can we really make a comic book out of this? And I thought, I, I mean, I honestly, my initial thought was, this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard. Mm. But then I said, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Sure. I'll do it. You know, they asked me, so I'll do it. I'll give it a shot. And then when I started seeing the character designs and how the whole thing was put together, I'm there going, Oh, see, now this is brilliant. Now I see where why they thought it could be a comic book. Okay. And, uh, and I'm so grateful because it's, it's, again, outside of Army of Darkness, it is the most, my most successful work. Mm. Um, yeah, it's so, every time I, I would have it with me and I'd go to conventions and I'd bring stacks of Grumpy Cat comics with me, you know, they'd sell out. The, the kids would want to, you know, the parents would buy them all up for their kids and um, they'd have me sign them for the kids. Oh, and a, a, another great thing about signing a Grumpy Cat comic book, again, back to the humor of it all, is um, I would say, OK, do you want me to just sign it to you as myself or do you want me to make it like if it's from Grumpy Cat? And the kids are always going like, no, make it from Grumpy Cat, Grumpy Cat. Which pretty much gives me license to insult them. I can, I can write like an insulting thing like, this is my comic book. I met you at Comic-Con. It was terrible. And they love it. They love it. I'm like, okay. So um, that, that was the humor of it. The kids loved it. I enjoyed it. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So hopefully, hopefully the omnibus people buy it. It's uh, through Blaze, uh, Blaze Publishing. Uh, they've got the license now for all the Grumpy Cats, um, Grumpy Cat stories, and um, and hopefully they'll start a new series after that because I think um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, Grumpy Cat, you know, rest in peace. She she passed away over a year ago. Um, uh, you know, keeping her memory alive and keep the stories going. She's a great character to work with. So I hope they do some more. All right, that Davis show with Elliot Serrano. Follow him at Elliot Serrano as we talk about him making fun of kids as his grumpy cat character, just tagging on these little, these little, little, little bastards. But they that. love it. It's like, <laughs> oh man, and they're laughing, and the parents are laughing too. You know. You <laughs> <laughs> but look, look, we have to get into the reason why I asked you to come on, and that is the Mandalorian season two. Uh, was my son had the audacity. I, I, I pulled him into we. I should say we pulled him into the Star Wars world. We made we would go look at the sequels together. The last one we didn't go see at the show. I, no, maybe the second to last one was the one we didn't go see at the show. Uh, none of them were great. Um, I wasn't as upset as everyone else, but they still missed the mark 
uh, to some degree, to say the least. Um, but my son said that after we watched the last episode, he said that uh, season one was better than season two. Me and old lady looked at him like, what the hell are you talking about? Right? Like, <laughs> did you just see Yoda walk off with Luke Skywalker? Also, uh, I have to say this. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Yeah, you just if dropped you, the biggest spoiler right the there. If you have, it's going to be on the post. It'll be on the post. So before <laughs> that, that, if you have not watched any, let alone all of season two of The Mandalorian, you should not listen to this interview if you care not to be spoiled, to say the least. Dude, I mean, let's face it. If, if you haven't seen the episode by now, but you've been on the Internet, you've been spoiled. There's no way around it. It's already out on it was out on social media. A whole bunch of websites already started throwing up their reviews. And even though they, quote unquote, put spoiler in the title, they, they said spoilers to come. Uh, Luke Skywalker. I'm like, see, you're right there. You put it in the, the, the header right there. You're <laughs> in your header. If you went on, uh, on YouTube, a million, uh, all these channels suddenly were doing they were doing their uh, reaction videos to the scenes and and. And um and someone also did their own deep fake, you know, improving on the the CGI job that that Lucasfilm did. So, so again, if you're if you're listening to this and you haven't been spoiled, um, wow, right? I want to learn how to like separate myself from the rest of the world like you're doing. I'm surprised I wasn't spoiled because I didn't watch it until Sunday, I believe, when I watched it. And I, I still hadn't, I wasn't, well, that's what I wanted to get it over with. Cause I was like, you know what? It's, I'm about to be spoiled. So let's get it over. So listen, uh, again, going back to my son, due to my son, uh, I was ended up watching, if not majority, all of Clone Wars and Rebels, the, the animations, right? And in, in that, it meant so much to me in this season of Mandalorian to see uh, Bo-Katan and Asaka. Uh, especially if it's just live action Asaka. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if you've followed her from being Anakin's Padawan, to see her actually live in action and just kicking butt meant so much. So when you saw these characters in live actions, what were your thoughts? And did you also expect to see as many of these characters this season as you ended up, as we ended up seeing? Well, knowing that Dave Filoni was involved, um, I guess I should have, quote unquote, expected it. Uh, you know, there's a lot. Of, what, what that this is that's been the thing about this particular show is that playing with the expectations that we have, and they also have to run like a balance between bringing in these characters from the animated series and and but doing it in a way that if like let's say you had never watched the, any of the animated series, it would still make sense to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it was pretty. I think it was expertly done. I mean, because like for me, like I knew Bo Katan. And I know Sabine and all that because I was like all about Rebels. Rebels was my show. I for some reason that one really clicked with me. Okay. Um, whereas Clone Wars, I can't. I haven't been able to make it through all of Clone Wars. I'm with you on that. I watched more. I, th- I think I watched all of Rebels, but I actually went back to Clone Wars a little bit at, in between Rebels. But I'm with you. I, I've seen majority of Rebels more than Clone Wars. Yeah. So I mean, like, and that's why I was thinking. It's funny, too, because uh, when you were, you know, you were talking about you didn't get spoiled. Uh, so you saw it. I was mildly spoiled just the morning of uh, the, the, the the when it premiered on Disney Plus, when the finale premiered on Disney Plus. It was in my freaking Yahoo um, news feed. Mm-hmm. You know? um, uh, yeah, the, the Jedi comes to rescue, you know, the Jedi that came to the rescue at the end of the season finale. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. But, but. <laughs> but I wasn't thinking who it was. I was right. 
I was thinking, and I wasn't Ezra. even thinking. I wasn't even thinking Ahsoka. Oh, okay. I, thought was, I thought it was Ezra. I, I thought, thought okay, was- now we're going to see Ezra because Filoni already brought um, Ahsoka into the live action bit. And remember, there was all that talk on um, on social media a while back. That one dude, I forget the actor's name, who said, "If you're going to have a live action Ezra Bridger, I would be him." And he had a, even a picture of himself. He had a beard, looked really good. And I thought. Ooh, wouldn't it be clever if that was all like to prime us for the idea of Ezra showing up? That's the end. That's the that's the back end. We'll 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 get back because I thought it was Ezra. So I thought I was going to be bringing this to the conversation, and you just threw that out. Especially when we get to this. I'll say this part: when the saber came out, the family question was like, "Who has green?" And I said the two people who have who who historically had green because I wasn't expecting the other person to pop out, let alone because that the, the actor said he wasn't going to be doing it again. So, and that's with full regalia on. I'm still like, Ezra, <laughs> like just a chance. The rest of the family is like, "No, that's so and so." I'm like, "Is it you, Ezra?" Right? Because I I didn't expect that. But again, like I said, I definitely want to jump to that end. Uh, listen, as a as a kid growing up, I was I remember being a kid and um, Superman four was out, and my That's mother, yeah, my mother. I, uh, I just I just uh, bookmarked it on HBO Max because HBO Max has the, all the Superman movies. Oh, okay. On the offering under their sci fi uh, adventure, and I saw it had Superman one, two, three, and four, and I was like, I have not watched Quest for Peace in forever. I'm like, oh, got to watch that one again because I know there are a lot of folks who hate that movie. Is that the Richard Pryor one, right? No, that's Superman 3. That's 3? That's 3? Okay, okay, okay. Actually, Superman 3 is the one I have a hard time with. Right. But but Superman 3 does have the um, alcoholic Superman in it. You know, drunk Superman with the dingy Mm -hmm. uniform and he's you know, we've seen the animated gif. You know, Superman drinking at a bar. That's where that one's from, but um, having a Superman four versus a nuclear man right. um, is one that a lot of folks hate, but I'm like, you know, the idea behind it is so good. Right. Um, so I've been wanting to go back and watch it, but I'm sorry, go on. Especially at that time in the world when it comes to nuclear weapons and stuff like that. Right. But uh, look, so anyway, I remember being at the show when it was a, my mother, one of our friends and a bunch of us kids. And um, we were going to see Superman four. My mother asked me, do you want to see Superman four? And I was like, you know what? I want to go watch Return of Jedi again. Right. And I mean, I may have been three, right? I'm like before, like somewhere around in that era. And so, yeah. So when it's it was there, Superman three, and because I have a story about that, I will okay, tell so you Superman three, about Superman three. Right, please, okay. please correct me. Yeah. And, no, and then tell me your story as soon as I as soon as I'm finished. Um, uh, so the, the, to, to that movie, which as I grew older, I, I could see the corny parts of it. As a kid, I, I enjoyed the Ewoks. But as an adult, it's like, where the hell did this come from? And why is this up in? Like, where, where did you just come from Empire? And this, this is taking place here. You know, but the point that I brought it up was that I never understood. I remember like Method Man growing up and people being like, my favorite character is Bubba Fat. And it's like, why? Now, mind you, I didn't grow up reading Star Wars comic books. And I don't know if Method Man did. I, I And I won't say he didn't, but I don't know if he did. But outside of that, I never understood why people had such an affinity for such a small, big character who the last time I saw him, he was getting swallowed up by a sand monster. So I never got the whole Bubba Fat thing. So for, for them to flesh it out the way that they fleshed it out is the question that I, I want to ask you. And when kind of, kind of like when you saw Cobb Vanth, did you know then like, okay, here's going to go Bubba. But before that, I want you to tell me your story about Superman 3. No, this was real easy. No, it's it's real easy because because uh, uh, I do want to get into the whole Boba Fett and Cobb Vanth and the armor and all that. 
Um, because we'll have it when Superman three came out for, this is back when we went, we did this thing we called going to the movies. I don't know if anyone remembers that. <laughs> that was many, many years, many moons ago. So long I re- ago. I remember a buddy of mine and I, we, um, we, it was like, it was approaching the end of the school year, you know, cause I was in high school at the time and we we're like, Hey, let's just go, let's go downtown to go see um to go see um um a movie and we ditched we ditched like the second half of i forgot the last three four periods of school to go go down on uh, the, the remember uh, intro for, uh, i'm talking i'm sure if you're outside of chicago you're not going to get any of these references but in chicago if you went downtown you went down state street they had all these theaters now it's it's broadway you know broadway theaters but um, but they had movie theaters and you would go um, the Chicago theater and across the street from the Chicago theater was yet another theater that you could go to to see movies. And the Chica- if you went to the Chicago, that's when they had the big movie there. Mm-hmm. That's like where I would see. That's where I saw Return of the Jedi. Um, that's where I saw Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You know, all the big films always premiered at the Chicago. Mm-hmm. And that's where we went. Um, my buddy and I went down um, to go see um well, I, t- I had already seen Return of the Jedi, but he really wanted to see Superman 3. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, OK, if you want to see Superman 3, I'll tell you right now, uh, I think Return of the Jedi is really good. And, um, you know, you're going to you're probably going to enjoy it. We were, no, no, let's go see Superman 3. So I said, OK, sure. Let's go see Superman 3. We went in to see Superman 3. And as we walked out, he went, man, I should have listened to you. We should have gone, gone to see Return of the Jedi. Listen. So, so we go. Wait, but then we go. And I go, see, told you. So we go across the street to the Chicago. And I go, okay, we bought two tickets to see Return of the Jedi. Right after I buy those tickets, there's some lady or whoever asked me for directions, like to find someplace downtown that I didn't know. So I said, hold on a second. The, the traffic had stopped right in front of the theater and there was a cabbie stopped at the light. And I ran out to the cab in the middle of the street to ask, hey, do you know where this is? This person needs directions. And when they gave me these directions, I turned around and that's when I got hit by a car. Whoa. And um, the world flipped upside down for me. I mean, it, suddenly it, the world was spinning and wham, I was like, um, find myself lying in the middle of the street. And um, I go, what? I'm like, what the hell happened? And then, you know, I even heard someone go, whoa, look at that. As I'm flipping through the air. <laughs> so my buddy's there. And he's, uh, he goes, he goes oh. and then I put uh, long story short, my buddy goes, first he goes, I go, what happened? He goes, yeah, you did a 360 degree flip with a twist. I'm getting into the back of the ambulance. Cause they're going to take me to the hospital. Cause I just got hit by a car. And my buddies go, should I go with you? And I go, no, nah, don't worry. Go see Return of the Jedi. He went to go see Return of the Jedi. <laughs> well, I went, you well, okay? I went to the hospital. Were you okay? No, I was fine. Well, I had uh, contusions and my legs swelled up to the size of a watermelon. But, but amazingly, I did not break anything. If you can believe did it. They, did they? Well, well, it was your fault you got hit. But did they catch the person that uh, hit you? Yeah, it was or a cabbie. Another cabbie. And um, my mom. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was my fault. Man, that's another thing, too, where you're lying there in the middle of the street and suddenly all these people surround you like you're lying there. And legit, no, I am not 
joking when I tell you there was a dude in a in a long coat. He was a freaking lawyer. He had his card ready to hand it to me. I'm like, where did you come from? Why are there lawyers just walking down the streets waiting for the cases that they can represent? What? Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, so so to this day, Return of the Jedi will always be the movie that I got hit by a car waiting to see. You know, wow. After going to see Superman 3. Superman 3 and Return of the Jedi are this linked Weird. together. Yeah. Wow. That David show, L.A. Serrano, follow him at L.A. Serrano. Uh, Chicago's King of Geeks talking about getting hit for Return of the Jedi. Well, actually, getting hit trying to help a lady out, I should say. Yeah, but- that, the lesson for all you kids. Is don't help nobody. <laughs> so these days, these days, buddy, that was before you had. You can look at your phone and get directions, right? It was like '83. You didn't. Have, they didn't even have Google Maps back then. No, you didn't have it. You had. You needed some help. I needed help. You need some help. But look, getting back to the Mandalorian and talking about the Bubba Fat part, and like I said, when Carl Vanth was sitting there in the armor. Uh, and to know that probably he was going to be in the season anyway. But how did you like how how did you like how they introed him in and how they fleshed out the Bubble Fat storyline? Also added to the canon as far as the storyline. Also, see, this is where I thought it was really clever because, like, when you look at season one, all right, you had the 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 one scene where Ming Na's character. I, I um, I'm trying to remember her character's name. After her and the Mandalorian part ways and the Mandalorian leaves her like there and Tatooine and, you know, he's, he's not going to kill her, but she's got to figure out her own way out of whatever. And then we see this figure, this mysterious figure walk up to her and and people are like doing screen caps and they're showing, oh, yeah, that's Boba Fett, man. That's Boba Fett because he's wearing the same spurs or boots or whatever that Boba Fett wore. And, 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 and which is clever to get. You know, because these days you can do things like screen caps on your on your computer mm-hmm. and it and it's, it starts that debate online. Those are things that we didn't have back, you know, back in the mm-hmm. 80s, you know, when mm-hmm. the, Star, the Star Wars films were coming out. Even like when the prequels were out and about, um, because with the prequels, you know, they didn't come out on video until much later. And you essentially needed to go off a pirate copy or somebody taking pictures in the theater to get, you know, images. Mm-hmm. So with something like Disney Plus, or when you have it on, you know, on your computer, it's easier to capture images. It that feeds into the social media discussion. So I'm pretty sure the folks at Disney, you know, Disney Plus, John Favreau, all of them, he, they know that if we just start dropping little things here and there, that'll get people talking, you know, chittering about it, and then get, you know, get see. So the more they're pushing, oh, it's Boa Fett. I'm going, that's not freaking Boa that no way is that Boba Fett they're not going to do that I'm like they're trying to be clever they're trying to make it look like it's Boba Fett but I'm too smart for that (laughs) I I don't think it's Boba Fett because then when the dude from Justified shows up and we know that's not Boba Fett because this dude is skinny and doesn't even fit in the armor right then I see ha I told you it wasn't (laughs) Boba Fett don't get all you People out there who thought it was Boba Fett, don't you feel dumb now? And then two episodes later, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> Elliot, real quick, real quick. So at the end, the episodes you're just talking about, at the end of that episode, when they show the Saturday figure on the Dune, did you believe you were wrong? And that did you just like, oh, they, they are bringing Boba Fett in? Did you think that when they showed Boba Fett standing on the Dune without the armor? 
See, that's the thing. I'm like, I was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then I saw, oh, shh, it's Tamura. It's Tamura Morrison. I mean, uh, what? And then I'm like, oh, okay, wait, uh, are they trying to fake me? I mean, this is like, a be- again, back to like you were saying about the season, the season finale where you, your eyes are seeing something, but you're not quite accepting it. And right. you keep waiting for them to do like a switch on you. Like, you know, yeah, it's Tamura Morrison. Yeah, he looks like Boba Fett. And then they'll go, wait, are you Boba Fett? No, I was part of Clone Batch 31614. <laughs> okay, all right, thank you. You did it to me again. <laughs> oh, that David Show here in Toronto. I'll make sure you check out the Grumpy Cat omnibus that's coming out. You get that box set of all those Grumpy Cats that are dropping. Uh, do that and support my man. Uh, listen. I have to ask you this. Did Asaka fake Dan out? She promised him that if he if he sat there and helped her do what she needed to do, that she would train uh, Groku. And then at the end of it, she's basically like, I don't want to train him. And I know the thought is she doesn't want to end up in an Anakin situation, right? But you're still putting the baby out there to be trained by sending them to the temple to find another Jedi. And you don't know which Jedi. I don't, or I guess this is twofold. Did she fake him out? But also did Asaka know the Jedi that will be coming for Groku? Cause she did mention there are very few of us around here left. Is there a, do I have to watch my language? On this? Nope. You can curse. Go right ahead. Bitch went back on her word. I'm telling you. I'm like, what? What? Oh no, there are no more Jedi. (laughs) Okay, first you know there's more freaking Jedi out there. You know Ezra's out there. Okay, Mm -hmm. you know they're all out there. You know there are more of you out there. That was her. It was essentially a sucker going. Uh, I got uh things to do right right now. Like I'm looking for Thrawn, and the last thing I need right now is baby drama. You know, it's like baby mama drama, but you're taking somebody else's baby. baby. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't need this. I don't need to be babysitting while I'm looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn. Wait, and uh, correct me. Is he known as Grad Grand Admiral Thrawn in the in the in the current yes. canon still? I believe, Not yeah. just Admiral Thrawn. He's Grand. No, I thought it was Grand. I thought it was Grand Admiral Thrawn. Because especially with a name like Thrawn, you gotta be Grand with your right. Admiral. You can't I remember the, the very first time for you know, this is going way back, and I mean, you know, I would I read the original, I remember buying the original Heir to the Empire series that Timothy Zahn wrote. Okay. Back when I had the hard I had the hard covers, and that's when you first met Grand Admiral Thrawn. Which would that all those stories, pardon me, all those stories kind of got swept away when they reset the canon. Yeah. But but they brought back the same author, Timothy Zahn, to bring Admiral Thrawn back into the current canon. Okay. Um, which um, yeah, so I was there's there's always little bits and pieces that I have to remind myself, oh, that's the old guy, and then this is the old guy that they reimagined for the new the new version. So look, were you shocked? Well, no, no. Why was I, I guess is what I want to say. Why was Dan Mando shocked, or was he shocked when Cara Dune shot the pilot in the face? Because 
Because <laughs> it's like, wait, are you, I, I get you, like, I get to a point you could be shocked, but you kind of know who she is and, and how dude was egging her on, talking about just destroying her planet. Why do you think then, and it's funny, I'm talking about he made a, he made a face when he has a helmet on, but still, you, he stared her down like, I can't believe you just shot that man in the face, which also is prime time shooting person in the face. I, I rewound that three to four times because I was like, <laughs> that is some, that's some great face shooting right there. That was good. See, but that's the, that's the that's the the uh, magic of the Mandalorian character and the way they have him set up. Because first, you know, for folks who may not realize that realize this, it's not always Pedro Pascal under that helmet. Yeah, they have like a number of different folks who um, who play the the Mandalorian. Some are there just for the acting bits. And Pedro Pascal does the the voice. He'll be in a studio doing the voice like he would for an animated character. And some are like the stunt guys, you know, the guys who are doing it, getting the crap beat out of them. Which, by the way, um, this past yeah, the dude got seriously got the crap beat out of him in this this episode. But but the glory, the 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 beauty of that character is that you have to bring part of yourself to that. So like, there are a lot of times like you know I'm looking at it and I'm going. Um, this dude is not doesn't really seem to be emoting anything to me right now. They're uh-huh. expecting me to come to the scene and go, "Oh, all oh, that emotion! Oh, what's he? He must be so shocked." But it, exactly what you're saying, he does a little pause here and there, gives you a moment to register how maybe you think he feels, and then boom, that's the emotion of the moment, and um, and that's brilliant the way that is. To me, it doesn't always work, though, because there are times when I think he they spend a little too much time, you know, overdoing the stare, the turn, the head tilt. Da, 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 and and I, I mean, you know, again, the, the, I do folks hope folks realize that this is a show meant for kids. That David show, Elliot Serrano, follow him at Elliot Serrano. Elliot, it's funny you mentioned that there were several people, if not more, playing the, the role or in the suit of, of Mando. Because I remember like four episodes ago being like, why is he switching all of a sudden? Like he was walking and this was not the same walk. And I'm like, I'm telling my friend, I'm like, he's switching? What's going on? Why is he switching all of a sudden? Different dude. Different right. dude. Yeah. I mean, they get they get Pedro Pascal. I mean, of course, he was there at the end, you know, yeah. for that big that big moment, which was really well done. Um, but you know, when you have a character who never takes off his helmet, you know, if I'm the, uh, this is a thing that cracks me up because they have there's this uh, like controversy. I'm doing air quotes controversy that um, Pedro Pascal wants more scenes where he can take the yeah. helmet off. I'm like, why? If I'm Pedro Pascal, I'm like, keep the helmet on all the time. Because guess what? That means I get to come to work in my pajamas. <laughs> right. And do like, I'll do some voiceover work, do some stuff. Da, da, da. You guys see me. You record it. We're in looping. Bing, bang, boom. Give me my paycheck. I go home. Otherwise, I got to go down to a soundstage. I got to be ready to be there. I got to put this, this costume on that is hot AF. And, you know, why am I going to do that? It's like, you know, the 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 voice actors on The Simpsons talk about how great their life is. It's all they got to do. They, they spend a day in the studio, a day or two in the studio, and they get a year's work done. Mm. So why why am I going to be Pedro Pascal say, hey, I need to be, I need more scenes with the helmet off. That means, dude, that means more work, real work that you got to yeah. get out there. I mean, that's a good gig. I wouldn't mess with it. 
Exactly. And he went on to say that he didn't feel like that when that rumor came out uh, that you mentioned. Listen, I loved how everything made sense in this. And one of the examples were when uh, Kara and all of the ladies uh, were sitting there and they were going through that bridge and the stormtroopers came on both sides. And one of them fell through in the like the bay at the bottom. And I was thinking like, why is there a bay at the bottom right there, right? Why aren't so, there handrails? Right. Okay, you've got you've got this bridge that goes over. I'm like, what, why are they against handrails in the Star like, Wars universe? I was like, the Imperial really doesn't care. They're like, if you fall us on your ass, you should have not been doing whatever you were doing. But to sit, go ahead. What are you about to say? No, I was going to say, but okay, go on, and, and I'm going to complete you complete your thought because I think I can add to yeah. that. But go on. So I, I got up and I, I watched the show again. And uh, it was funny because one, the scene where Mando opens up the bay door where uh, the, the, the the dark troopers are, are, are charging and they get zipped, they get sucked out to space. Uh, and I was thinking, like, why is there a bay door there? All right. They, they, but then when I watched again, it made sense. So I'm like, oh, OK. So they have that bay there in case anything's happening on the bridge that the dark troopers can come and be right there just as they were coming in there. And I was like that. I didn't even think how much sense it made. And also there was the door at the back of the charger room because just like when they went to pick Groku up when he was at the temple, they dispatched them and send them out because it's not like they need a ship. They're not alive. So I, the fact that those little things took place, it, 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 it endeared it even more to me to see that they took the time to put those those little parts into there. They, they really didn't have to, but it just is to question it and then see the answer to the question. I really enjoyed that part. Yeah, you know, there's a there is a logic to it, an internal logic to it, which is good. I mean, there are a couple of bits where you're like, ah, wait, no, oh, that's right, because they do. There are times when they would launch the dark troopers from there. You know, they're coming out. Yeah, they're doing the whole thing. But here's my thing, and this is the thing that, that I felt. I'm gonna tell you because when Cara Dune and and Bo-Katan and the unnamed, uh, do they ever give me the name of the other Mandalorian that's with her? Yeah, it's um, I saw it. Today, I forget her name though, but yes, okay. they, yeah, because I kept have, thinking it's not Sabine, Sabine's got no, the color it's not here, Sabine. right? It's definitely not Sabine, it's not Sabine. so, so I'm there, but so they got, and then I'm like, the the car, they're they're going through there, they kill everybody in the hangar, choo, 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 kill everybody. Then they get on that again, that walkway that you're talking about, and the stormtroopers, the other stormtrooper squad, and I mean, I know why they set that scene up because when you hear drop your weapons it, it's the same sound bite from it, i want to say it was uh, either empire or return where the stormtrooper mm-hmm. drop your weapons it was okay. the exact same sound bite so they did that okay. and they're going dude these folks just killed everybody in the party. You shouldn't be doing that. I mean, you see them, you should be shooting them. You should be killing them. But no, you know, drop your weapons and they stand there long enough to get killed themselves. I'm like, stormtroopers aren't that bright. They're just not that. Bright. They can't aim, and they're not that bright. Real quick, these stormtroopers. Oh, and I, I, this question just popped in my head. Now, are these stormtroopers like Finn, or are these stormtroopers Django's kids? No, these are these are people. I mean, this is the thing that I feel bad. I feel bad. I actually feel bad for these stormtroopers more than I ever did for like any of the stormtroopers in Empire or Jedi or or A New Hope, because these are okay. They're part of the the. The, the folks that were conscripted by the the empire, the imperial remnant, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say like I'm, you know, 
I'm Hugo Chavez and, you know, I've been deposed and, but my army is still following me, you know, so I'm in exile and I'm going to the rainforest of, you know, Venezuela, whatever. And my army stays with me because they're being loyal to me. That's the only life they've ever known, Mm. you know, or, you know, that's all they can do. That's the only way they can. So, so then these are those stormtroopers. They're just people. They're people who were, drafted and either drafted or joined the empire and the empire, this is years after Palpatine is dead. And there are, you know, the, the new Republic has already, you know, started building up a new government. These are um, members of a, of a remnant that they don't know, you know, that's the life they've always known. And I'm sure you're going to have like, uh, like a bill, a bill Burr's character, right. Who, who used to be a stormtrooper and said, F this life. I'm, you know, I'm going to do something else. Um, but these are the ones that didn't walk away from that life. And now they're like, to- they're, they're, they're seriously paying the price because yes, then they, well, actually I take that back because even as um, we start in the, like when you flash ahead, like 20 years, when you get into the force awakens and you get into the, um, the, um, um, I want to say the new order because, but that's all different. <laughs> the first order, the new order, great band. Uh, but the first order, um, those are still people who are drafted. They're, they're okay. just regular people who, who who are buying into that and want to revive the empire. Um, so no, they're not. They're not uh, clones. They're just people. They're okay. and and I feel bad for them because it's like, it's like it's like Confederate soldiers who are still fighting the war, even though the Civil War is over. Just you know what? Take off the uniform, go home to your family. And these are these are Confederate soldiers that haven't done that. And it's being a black person, I'll tell you this. Fuck those soldiers. I know. But see, that's the thing. <laughs> there you go. And I can, that's why I went with that analogy, because essentially that's what we're supposed to think. Fuck those guys. Hey, they're the bad guys. I'm sorry. You know what? If you're not smart enough to take out to stop being the bad guy. Right. Take it off you, and walk away. Yeah. yeah then sorry. then guess what? Sorry. Hey, sorry. you know what? I'm sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, the dark troopers. All right. That David Show, Elliot Serrano here with us. Follow a minute, Elliot Serrano. The dark troopers. And I didn't even really dare. I could have answered this myself, but I wanted to, to bring it up so other people can find out. Because uh, I think I may know the, the, the answer. The, the, they the, have some the, connection. To, <laughs> they have some connection <laughs> to the force uh, because clearly they sensed Luke when he pulled up in the X-Wing. They all turned around. Before he even he even pulled out the, the uh, his his lightsaber when he when that X wing pulled up they all stopped doing what they were doing and turned around and I believe I think they have some type of kind of like um what's what's his name uh, what was the uh, um, what was the, the 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 robot with all the arms in the uh, prequels um, that uh, was like Darth Vader before Darth Vader he, he wasn't even a robot he was part oh, Grievous. Grievous, and Grievous. And you can see how Grievous was always trying to get some part of the force. And I, I wondered the same about the Dark Troopers. Did they have some kind of connection to the force? That's a good there. I've seen some theories about that on um, on YouTube. I'm not sure I buy all of them. I mean, it could be something as simple as, you know, um, there's a new threat, you know, yeah. a, a, a rebel, you know, an X-Wing fighter just landed. Um, and it, you know, and um and it, the dark troopers are like, you know, we got to wait, see if it gets past the first, you know, phalanx, we'll, we'll be ready for him. Because, I mean, he started, you know, um, the guy, 
I mean, I know we're being spoiler free up to this point, so I don't know. <laughs> the guy who ended up showing up in an X-Wing. <laughs> if you can't figure out who that is. Uh, which is why when, they, when people go, oh, it was, maybe it was Ahsoka. Ahsoka didn't fly an X-Wing. She flew, she flew a Jedi Starfighter. I've seen the Jedi. Jedi Starfighters are actually closer to TIE Fighters than they are to X-Wings. Okay. And so, um, so when they're probably going up, oh, something's happening. We have to be on alert and be ready. But, you know, it, uh, you did have uh, Moff uh, Gideon's obsession with, you know, of course, he knows the force. Mm-hmm. He's not like the other Moffs who kind of dismiss the force. Like, remember, um, Grand Moff Tarkin, he mm-hmm. considered, you know, the Jedi an ain't a quote unquote ancient religion. And he didn't really put much stock in it, at least, you know, as far as we ever saw. And so um, the, the maybe Moff Gideon was like, no, this is a real deal. It's possible that dark troopers were meant to be kind of like a, 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 a Jedi deterrent. Mm-hmm. And um, like uh, the, um, the droidicas were in a Phantom Menace. You know, droidicas, they, they were pretty, you know, mm-hmm. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan had their hands full right. dealing with just two of them. Right, you know the droid guys. I mean the 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 other uh, tr- tr- droid troopers, not so much. Um, so, so yeah, you might there could there could be a, a point there because also Moff Gideon was doing all that research into force sensitivity using Grogu's blood. Right. So maybe he was trying to figure out a yeah figuring out a way yeah right figuring out a way to put that sort of um, um that. Stuff into the droids, yeah, so that they know, okay, if you're in the presence of something that can channel a force, you're ready for it. Yeah. Look, speaking of Moff Gideon, did he intend for for, for uh, Din Mando to win? Because clearly, because the only reason I'm, I'm saying that is because clearly it seems like he broke out. He knew he knew that the girls were coming up on that bridge and everybody was about to die, right? He, he, but he knows because at that point, I know that Mando is going for Baby Yoda. All right. I know that's where he's going. And the last thing I want to do is to sit there and, and give Bo this this dark saber. Also, how dope was it to see the dark saber in live action at the end of last season, but then to see it again this season and being used live? Like when I saw it in the last show, I was like, it's the dark saber. Right. But, <laughs> but the, the only reason I say that is because when you, when you, when you go up, when he goes back up there and, and he points out to, to, to Lando, Mando that like, yeah, you know, now she has to fight you to get the dark saber. It seems like that was his intention was, I'm not saying he wouldn't have preferred to get out, but it seems like in the back of his mind, that was his intention to make sure she didn't get it. And also to piss her off because he knows that she has to battle Mando in order to be the, the, the person that can uh, go back to Mandalore and be the ruler. You know, that's the way it worked out. Okay. But here's the thing about Moff Gideon. It seems to me that that his, his flaw is his, his arrogance. I think mm. that's, that's his flaw because I'm going to tell you if I'm Moff Gideon and I'm, Thinking back, I'm looking back on how th- things go down. I'm probably like, you know what? I'm going to let this guy take the kid and walk out of here. And then I'm going to walk out of here. I'm just going to get on a shuttle and I'm going to leave. I'm going to have the dark saber with me. All I did was lose a ship and some tr- personnel, but I still have the dark saber, which is what, what, you know, Bo-Katan wants. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much, you know, it's like the whole, 
Yeah, he who fights and runs away lives to fight another fight day, again. right? Yeah. And he has baby Yoda blood too. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, exactly that. So yes, he, he pretty much has everything he needs. But he's like, oh, now I can take this guy down, you know. Forgetting the dude is like clad in Beskar armor, you know. So <laughs> he thought, oh, I can take this guy down. He's like, oh shit, oh no, wait a minute. It's Beskar, you can get your hands off. Yeah, he's like the best, and I'm like, which, which. I want to thank Dave Filoni, uh, Dave Filoni and John Favreau for finally answering the question that has been plaguing Star Wars nerds for forever, mm-hmm. which is, can a lightsaber cut through adamantium? Mm-hmm. And remember, they used to say, can a lightsaber cut through Wolverine's claws? Right. And I'm going to tell you right know. now, Eskar yeah. armor is essentially adamantium. So right. I'm guessing it's going to be the same thing. So okay. that, that debate's been settled. Not yeah, gonna be Ken. That's our armor cut through adamantium. Right, like that was, and that was the crazy. That was the craziest thing to see the armor go up against the lightsaber and be like, "Oh, okay." Like it, yeah. I did like the part where it heated up when 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 Moff Gideon was hitting it with the dark saber, and it yeah. was like oh, that. Just that again, again, the, the lightsaber work in this movie was top notch as far as they they definitely got it right. I, look, I want to get to the helmet. Um, what are the rules of the watch? Like, because it seems like when we, we saw that where you had the situation where uh, Mando had to take off his mask in order to for the machine to read him. So he took it off. But then, of course, he takes it off at the end for Baby Yoda. And, and, and Mando says to Bo, like, you guys aren't really Mandalorians. I'll out here just face all up in the streets. Right. And so what are the rules of the watch? Can they take off their helmets or is, is Mando just out here like I'm getting comfortable? It's like being out here in the Rona, these Rona streets without your mask on. It's just like, you know what I'm living? <laughs> I see that to me. And I think that is the 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 um, I think that's the arc of the character as we're going from the beginning when we first meet the Mandalorian to that final scene. It's the, that, you know, Jin is he has a set of beliefs. He has like, he's very set, you know, when he was a boy and he was rescued by the Mandalorians or this sect of Mandalorians, you know, he, he really bought into it. That really informed his beliefs, who he was, what he wanted to be. And, you know, like all of us, you know, you grew up in a, in a particular, you know, type religion, of religion yeah. or, you know, kind of family, different sort of culture mm. that really defines you. You know, you try very hard to adhere to that. And then, you know, again, back to uh, um, Bill Burt, Bill Burt's character who tells him, he goes, you know, we all have things that we believe until we come to certain situations. Right. And we find, you know, we got to, you know, we got to adjust. You know, we all, I'll say, we all have a line that we won't cross until it comes to a certain point, mm-hmm. which is why I really like that episode, uh, the previous episode, when, um, you know, you know, the Mando has to, you know, take the helmet off so the thing will read his face. You know, he decides right then and there, this mission, getting this kid back means more to me than this belief that was instilled in me. Mm-hmm. And then again, at the very end, you know, where it's like, you know, I might never see this kid again. You know, you see, he takes the helmet off because it means more to that kid now means more to him than the rules that the sect of Mandalorians instilled in him. So that's, again, this big, this wide arc, this arc of the character where he goes from thinking maybe my life doesn't have to be in this box that I've set for myself. I mean, think about it in the very first. And this was one of my criticisms in the very beginning of the show was when um, uh, uh, in the first season, 
when um, the, the Mandalorian turns the child over to um, the client, you know, the um, um, Warner Herzog character. And then, you know, and he goes, but that's the rules of the guild. The guild is you, you, you do the job, you take your payment, you go. He goes and he gets he, he gets all this Beskar armor, plat, uh, whatever the little mm, bars, bars were. Mm. And he gets it made into his, you know, into newer, better armor. But what does he do? He reneges on the deal. He got his payment, mm-hmm. but his conscience won't let him leave the child behind. So it's like, oh, so now he's like, boom. And, and throughout the the, the, the first, well, the, he's tried really sticking to his, you know, quote unquote ethics or whatever mm-hmm. in the first season. But it happens more and more in the second season, right? Where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, I got to do this because I got to adhere to the code. But man, you know, it would be really helpful if I didn't have to deal with this or or actually, right now, the code is keeping me from doing certain things that I really want to do. So, um, so when you talk about what are the rules, I mean, the the, the rules are what they are. Mm. Uh, oh, but then, then it's also helpful too that he meets other Mandalorians who don't follow those rules. Right. They're like, and which is I, I appreciated that they established that because again, I watched Rebels for how long, mm. and they're going. Why is why is John Favreau telling me this dude can't take his helmet off? I saw Sabine take her helmet off all the time on Rebel. Right. Just with Mandalorians. And I know she's a Mandalorian. And we saw all her Mandalorian family take their helmets off. And then it's like the whole, oh no, no, it's a particular sect. So right. so when people go, Mandalorians don't do that, hashtag not all Mandalorians is the response. <laughs> That David show, L.A. Serrano here with us. I mean, here with me. Uh, listen, so let's get to what we were saying at the, the spoiler, the big spoiler. Uh, look, I was sitting there watching it, all right? I see, listen, once you see the X-Wing fly past first, you're like, oh, okay, right? So I still, I'm thinking of Sokka, and as you said, that she wasn't flying an X-Wing, and I'm definitely thinking, all right, Ezra showing up. All right, they, they gave me a Sokka. Why not have Ezra show up, Right. Set there, full on return to Jedi fit. All right, Jedi fit. All right, full on return. Like, because if you can remember being a kid when you saw that, it was like because that was like Luke being a grown ass badass, right? So, and I said it, Luke. So when you sit there first, and we don't see all we see is the the the, the, the saber. The he has the hood on with the full black outfit, belt buckle. Uh, but the, I didn't see the family saw the hand. But see, even with the hand, he could still be Ezra. Right. But listen, I was like you, though, with with, Bub, with Bubba, I should have just let it all go. And I'm, I'm beginning to. But I'm still like, I know they're not Mark. Well, I didn't even think it was going to be Mark Hamill. All right. Because can't even go on what you said about the actor that they said to play Ezra. There was also an actor they pointed out could play Luke uh, that I saw a couple weeks ago, a week ago. So I'm still not thinking it's actually Mark Hamill in this. So that's a, again, if you're if you're a kid that you're an 80s kid. Uh, you want a little Mark Hamill on your, your on your Luke. I'm just being honest with you. Listen, on, on that note too, I love I love Donald uh, Donald Glover, but I, I like I, I need a little Billy D. Williams on, on my Lando. I mean, Lando got to have some, some some sex appeal on him just for me. I just I got to put put that out there. But so, when did you change to believe that it was Luke Skywalker that was there destroying the Dark Troopers? Was it after he revealed himself, or how into the battle did you say, yeah, this has to be Luke? It was the the green saber with the black hand, with the yeah. black glove hand, and that's when I was like, I was like, I, I, I was like, oh my god, this is, you know, I, I like that. That was the scene 
that I had been waiting for forever. I mean, the, to see Luke live action, not a comic book, not a video game, although he turned into a video game character at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the <laughs> Luke Skywalker, full on Jedi Master level, you know, just kicking ass. And then because in my nerd head, I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Wait, they're going to do a Rogue One. They're doing the Rogue One with Luke this time instead of Vader. It's going to be a reverse, you know, because, you know, if, if, you know, they, someone even did that. They took a, um, they took this, the, that clip, that scene from Rogue One where Vader cuts down all the rebels in the hallway leading yeah, to the camp, that, camp that, yeah. And they do a side by side with Luke. Mm. And, and it was so, and then, oh, but even better, um, somebody else took, um, they did a comparison of Anakin and Luke, and they took a whole bunch of stuff from not only from that scene in Rogue One, but also a lot of um, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker in um, Revenge of the Sith and some other and um, Attack of the Clones to show the style mm. that Anakin fought in and how much Luke fought like him. So you can tell they really paid attention to that. A lot of folks were like, ah, oh, that's not the way Luke would do it. No, that, that was no. The point was they were looking at how. He was like his father at this time. He was like parts Vader, parts Anakin. Just like the bit with um, when you um, when you see the first trailer to uh, the Phantom Menace and they do that brief clip where uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are fighting Darth Maul and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan jump like across this, this, you know, they jump from this one platform to another to confront Maul. But Obi-Wan does a flip. As he goes, you know, Qui-Gon just jumps, but Obi-Wan does a flip, the same flip that Luke did in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. So, they're, you know, so you see, I'm, I remember seeing that as a kid going, oh, shit, that's that Obi-Wan must have taught him that flip. You know, that's where it came comes from. So they were putting all that together. So, I mean, I was convinced, you know, the moment I saw the, the green saber, because it was even the same hilt. It was the same hilt. I mean, that, that's the level of nerd I am. The moment I'm looking at him, I'm going, no, that's Luke. Because I know that I know that hilt anywhere. I know that glove. He's doing the black, the the the, the black um, robe. Mm-hmm. He's walking like a badass. He's even got the the gray belt buckle. No, that's Luke. And then at that point, I'm freaking crying. I'm telling you, I was crying. I don't know. It was like a moment I was having where this 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 release took place, oh. and I just started going. Oh. I love it. And the thing that kills me is you go watch these other um, reaction videos. There's one other one I was watching where some dude is like watching it with his girlfriend or his wife or whatever. And you can see he's starting to, he's like, he's starting to cry. You can tell it. And his wife's going, oh, that's okay. Oh, no, honey, that's fine. Oh, no, really, that's fine. And I go, you see, that's, that's what like I have been waiting for, for forever. That's the one reason why The Last Jedi even though I'm sure it's a great film for what it is and for what it did and what it set out to do. But I, I just have such a hard time reconciling that, you know, that the way Luke ends, his story ends, right, you right. know, with what, what happened. And now don't get me wrong. I don't want to get into last Jedi bashing. Cause again, and a lot of folks will go, well, see, you know, then that's, you know, the Luke in, in Mandalorian, that's the real Luke. Yeah, that means John Favreau's getting rid of, the Luke from Last Jedi. No, no, that's not that's not the case. That's the, the Luke in Mandalorian is 
three, four years after Return of the Jedi. That's when he's still like approaching his prime right. and he's still full of this, um, you know, this, this, this purpose. He wants to rebuild the Jedi Order. That's why he was there. That's why he went mm-hmm. to get Grogu in the first place because Grogu went out calling and Luke's mission at this point is go around and collect all your candidates, collect all your candidates. So he went there and he probably went, oh, this is going to be the shit. I'm going to have to walk in there to get this this kid. And and he, oh, of course, he's surrounded by dark troopers. Whatever. <laughs> Skywalker. He's going to go in and do it, which is like, whoa. So badass, dude. He didn't, he didn't need no backup. One X-Wing. And that Luke Skywalker walks into that, walks onto a fucking Star Destroyer by himself and he goes, I don't need no backup. I'm good. I got this. <laughs> I loved it. And I mean, I've always been, like, that's my favorite Star Wars character, right? Like, as a kid. I, and I mean, on top of that, like, I love Mark Hamill, just in general, from the Joker to whatever. I love, listen, I love the Uber Eats commercials with him <laughs> and John Stewart. Like, I mean, I like, I love, like, yeah. you think you Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart, because Picard's my favorite, my favorite captain. Uh, and that's a whole nother show for a whole nother day. Uh, but so, listen, sticking with that, what are your expectations? No, no, I want to, I got two, I, I got a question. Who, who is Roku's parents? Do you have, do you, is there any thoughts to, because we know it was Yoda, Yoda and Yaddle got together and, you know, get back, 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 you know yeah. back in a coat room over at the Jedi temple. Right. You know, just let's go off to the side <laughs> real quick. Hey, Mace, watch the door. Watch uh, the door. <laughs> What's up? That when, the, when, the, when the rocking, when the room rocking is, a knocking do not come. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you, and you just led to the, to the rumor that people would say, and that, that, Yes, Jedi aren't supposed to have an attachment, but having a kid, you can just be a bad parent and just go on with <laughs> You can abandon them. Hey, nobody said you can't abandon kids and then not have an attachment as a Jedi. Uh, the thing about Grogu, I mean, it's like, um, it, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, first, I'm going to admit jealousy here because um, I wanted to pitch that story I wanted to pitch to Dark Horse back when Dark Horse had the Star Wars license. Uh, I was trying to get in with them to um, work on some of their properties. I wanted to pitch a story about Yoda's lineage, like the, the, the planet he came from, all those people. I had a Yaddle story I wanted to write, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, so when I when later on it comes out that um, there's a, a a creature of Yoda's species being introduced, um, you know, I was like, ah, oh, damn it, that's what I wanted to do. So, but I will I give John Favreau credit because he caught lightning in a bottle right there. You know, it, he found that one question that was out there that no one really thought about. Because you look at um. You look at like Star Wars trading cards, all the Star Wars literature, databases, wiki, Wikipedia and all that. You look up Yoda and when it says species um, unknown, planet of origin unknown, it's never done. And mind you, uh, and some folks will say, well, um, George Lucas did that on purpose. No, uh, George Lucas admits he forgot. Mm-hmm. He just forgot to set that up for Yoda. But when he realized he forgot it, he said, nah, well, you know what? It's because Yoda is that mysterious character who comes in, does his job, leaves. He's like the beggar Vance of, of Star Wars, right? <laughs> you know? 
This comes in, gives you your wisdom, then he moves on. Bounces out. Right. Um, but John Favreau saw that, recognized it, said, okay, well, we can't bring in Yoda because Yoda's gone. But hey, we know that there are others of that species. So let's bring a younger Yoda in, a younger of that species, and make it the, again, the MacGuffin uh, or the, the cub of our lone wolf and cub that we set up here and work with that. And not only did that capture everybody's imagination and got people thinking, um, but it, it's got, it, it starts um, conversations like this, like are, you know, wait, is that Yoda's kid or why or, well, does it have to be Yoda's kid? Can it just right. be of his species? I mean, cause I mean, let's be honest. I get annoyed. I got, a, I got really annoyed after um, they, when, um, when John Boyega was introduced as Finn at the force awakens. And the first thing people kept saying, is that Billy, D- is that Lando's kid? <laughs> so in other words, you're saying in Star Wars, all black people are related to each other. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, wait, speaking well, of that, my is, child is not. Is Lando, <laughs> is Lando a, a clone? No. Okay. Cause I well, saw that. But but it's funny. It's funny because remember because they even did that bit. I remember when Donald Glover was on Saturday Night Live um, uh, a year ago or so. Um, this was right after Rise of Skywalker, and he did a skit as Lando. And he was like, "It's it's the convention of all black, all the black people in the Star Wars universe," and there are like five people there. So yeah, was <laughs> it? So that was a joke. It's like, oh, well, all black folks are related in Star Wars. And they're going, that is, a, you know, when people talk about that, I just find that like, kind of like, like intellectually offensive mm-hmm. until, until uh, Rise of Skywalker, where the character of Janna, the, the black woman who was a former stormtrooper, remember who Finn meets? Yes. You know, when they're going there, apparently, and they, they I, thank God they cut this out of the movie, but apparently... Um, it was it was supposed to be pitched that she was actually Lando's daughter. Oh, that he lost like years before. So that whole bit where she goes, I don't know who I am, and then he goes, Well, let's find out together. Because you know? <laughs> it's like he's thinking, Wait, this who is this? Maybe this is the daughter that I lost. So I was like, Oh no, no, don't do that. That's that's no, that's too too quaint. That's no. You know, the galaxy is very very big. Infinite yeah. diversity and infinite combinations. Not everybody has to be related just because they're a certain skin color, skin color, or a certain species. All right, two more questions. Uh, it was heartwarming to me to see uh, uh, Bib Fortuna sitting on that throne because as a kid, man, Bib Fortuna is like me. He's gained a lot of weight over. Yes, but that's what made it great. <laughs> It's like fat, like it's fat Ben Fortuna, right? Just making all dude. the next to Jabba, and I'm like, wait, this dude that used to stand next to Jabba, when I see him sitting there, and it just so again watching going past through the credit scenes and and seeing that that extra clip in there, uh, and then I'm hit with looking at the the move for the the uh, the book of Bubba Fat, and my first thought was, wait, is this going to be like dark? But then I thought, you know what, Bubba kept his word when it came to, and he didn't have to. Uh, making sure that Groku got back with uh, the Mandalorian. So uh, I just, so what, what are your thoughts is first, what were your thoughts when you saw Ben Fortuna, but what are your thoughts as far as what do you expect from the Bubba Fat uh, book? Or it's going to be, it's a, it's a sp- spinoff, I should say. So people don't. Yeah. Yeah. Book, book of Bubba Fat. I mean, because uh, the first thing was that Mandalorian is supposed to be like the seedy side of the, the, Star Wars universe, right? 
But um, I'm guessing that in season three of The Mandalorian, he's going to get pulled into all that, uh, you know, reclaim the throne of Mandalore, you know, help the people there. Again, getting back to exploring the culture of the Mandalorians and so on. So that's not that seedy because it's like the Mandalores are like these noble, you know, that's more Knights of the Round Table type stuff. So you can't get so seedy with that. Whereas if you have Boba Fett, like on the, uh, you know, pretty much running the the uh, the underworld on the outer rim in the spot that Jabba the Hutt once sat in, um, you're like, that's. Oh, that's going to get seedy. That's going to be like, you know, um, what's the, uh, someone was saying that's Deadwood in Star Wars. Okay. You know, it was um, a Western. This was a Western, basically. Yeah. Well, like what Mandalorian is like part Western, part samurai movie. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to get totally, you know, like I'm thinking Book of Boba Fett's going to get totally Western. Okay. Totally. Very, very, very seedy, very underworld. Um, because a lot of folks, you know, they don't realize how much power the huts had. And it, when you're on the outskirts, you know, people say, well, it's 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 Tatooine. It's like if there is a bright center of the galaxy, Tatooine is the planet that's furthest from. Right. Yeah. When you're way out there, out on the outskirts. The police don't care about you. The government doesn't care about you. You're pretty much if you're the top guy there, you're the boss. You're the king. You run it. So when you're out there on the frontier, you know, you're pretty much king until someone else comes along and takes That's you down. All right. So, so that should be interesting. That should be interesting. Last one, Elliot. What are your expectations from the rest of these shows? And what are you most looking forward to? I'm looking forward to that. Um, that the one that they haven't announced yet, where Luke Skywalker is uh, rebuilding the Jedi Order and shit. Because <laughs> if they think I'm going to be happy with that, you know eight minutes of Jedi Master action. They are sorely mistaken. I want more. <laughs> I totally, I totally feel you. I mean, it. I, I feel like it, it, you don't have to have grown up around that time. And I was, I wasn't even born. I either I was just born. I wasn't even born when the first one came out. But it's meant so much to my life, and that character has meant so much to my life. And as you said, with the the sequels, to see him go, listen, because he's Luke is the only reason I really wasn't upset because I got Mark Hamill back, but it still wasn't what I wanted. And to see, like, hype badass... This is the thing, too. We only got to see hype badass in Return of the Jedi. Like, you know, like, just... So it's very brief when we got to see peak Luke. You know what I'm saying? And to now see, like you were just saying, this is years later, thinking about how his his Jedi training has even improved. All right, to finally get that, I would be disappointed. But see, I'll ask you this. I will be disappointed, but how much of a good thing can you give someone? Because I know they're going to you definitely have them in more. I'm, I know. I know. Because I don't want them to ruin it. I don't want them to ruin it, Elliot, because I'll be upset. And that's what I'm fearful for. And I shouldn't because, you know, they've done so well, but I don't want them to mess this up. And it's, so it's, it's kind of like I was OK if the Chappelle show and, I, and before Chappelle left that show, I was like, you know, two seasons is enough. Right. Like it's go out on top. So it's, I kind of feel like that, I should say. I think what I, I get what you're saying. A lot of folks, the, 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 there are two things that are the discussion here is like, how do these events really affect? Like, does this affect who Luke was in The Last Jedi? Which, again, it doesn't. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that's where he's going to end. They've, right. they've established that. So there's mm-hmm. really no way around that. 
Um, also, it's funny too that once you hit sixty in the Star Wars uh, galaxy, you're pretty much done. You're done. You're done. You know, like Luke it was like in his sixties, dead. Qui Gon, mm-hmm. dead. Han, dead. <laughs> Leia, dead. If you're a human being in in the Star Wars movies, you once you hit sixty, you're done. That's like Logan's run. You're you're done at a certain age. Um, but I also know too that there's that huge gap again between Return of the Jedi and the beginning of the Force Awakens. Mm. That Disney's gonna want to. They're gonna say, okay, let's tell some stories in there because people are gonna want them. So I'm guessing you're gonna see comic books and books that deal with Luke Skywalker in that period because now they've introduced him. So okay, we know we can do that. And again, I'm, am I going to be completely happy, satisfied with that? No. Um, there is a rumor that they're going to do something with Luke in a future Disney Plus project. We'll see. Mm. Um, can it be too much of a good thing? Well, you know, right now, let's be honest. When uh, there were 10, 11, you know, Matt, uh, Star Wars either series or mini series going on right. on Disney Plus. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I look at it the same way as I look at all. I used to all the toys and stuff that they put out. You know, I I got a little bit of infamy by appearing in that documentary, The People versus George Lucas. Oh. I, um, I I gained a little bit of infamy. I'm also often surprised that I still have friends at Lucasfilm mm-hmm. um, because I taught my my groused about the fact that at that time. They were putting out so many toys, so many action figures, so much stuff. There was no way you could possibly buy everything and keep up with everything. Mm. And then I was going to myself, well, why do I need to buy everything and keep up with everything? Just find the things I like, find the action figures I like, the things, and buy and keep them. And then if somebody else likes the other stuff, right. good for them. And I'm thinking that's kind of like the same thing with all these shows. You know, am I am I required to watch every single show? I don't think so. I sure hope not. I sure hope that the creators who are putting these shows together are like, okay, we're going to make this standalone so you don't necessarily have to see everything else to get it. So, like, you saw Ahsoka. Do you need to go back and watch Rebels and Clone Wars? No, mm-hmm. Not necessarily. There's going to be an Ahsoka show now. So if, that, if her character interests you enough, watch that. So they'll have all these shows that come out. And I can either watch them or not. At the very least, I don't have to go to a movie theater. I can right. see it at home. It's going to be on right. my streaming service. And and I guess, you know, I guess too much of a good thing. I remember when I had no Star Wars. There were for years and years with no Star Wars. So why am I going? Why should I complain? This is the thing. I'm an old man. And I got to stop complaining. I feel you. About having the good stuff. <laughs> Elliot, I appreciate listening. And you're talking about all the toys and stuff. It makes me think about those Burger King glasses that they used to have. Okay, those I want. I want I know, those. I know. That's, yeah. that, those Burger King glasses, like those Star Wars Burger King glasses they used to have, man. Those My next door neighbor used to have all of them. Those were those, sweet. I find those on, uh, every once in a while, I'll come across them on eBay, and I'm so tempted. Okay. And there was a, that was like the greatest thing they did a while back where they, I think Burger King reissued them. Mm. They did the glasses again, and I'm still kicking myself for not just going through and getting them all the time. Right, man. Just definitely. I, right. They did them up. And then they, they remember they released those action figures that were with the, those style glasses. Like they did an Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure, and it came with an Obi-Wan Kenobi glass in that style. But it wasn't glass. It was plastic. Okay. So you didn't have to worry about breaking them. I was breaking like, it. oh, man, I should have bought, bought all, all of those. 
Yeah, dude, that's so you know it's going to be worth some. But listen, everybody, make sure you go out and get the Grumpy Cat Omnibus. Uh, get check that out. Uh, definitely support Elliot at Elliot Serrano. Follow him. Uh, definitely the King Geek in the city of Chicago. Uh, Elliot Serrano joining me. I appreciate it on that David show, and you have a happy holiday, you and your family. You too. Definitely appreciate it. <laughs>